Talk to my friend Drew Allen. And I'll tell you what, he's a tough guy. A millennial conservative. I've, I've become a big fan of One your writing. Of the great young thinkers of our time. Appreciate his opinion. Conservative Drew Allen. As Drew Die Allen. Conservative. I to this guy for wisdom. Minstrel. Minstrel shows are out. And minstrel shows are in. You know, minstrel shows, blackface, that's been replaced by the trans movement. That's why I say minstrel has been replaced by minstrel, like the minstrel cycle. That's what's going on here. You have William Thomas, who ESPN just decided on a recent segment to honor for Women's History Month. Well, William Thomas is the Jim Crow of the minstrel show circuit. You know, Jim Crow, we talk about Jim Crow laws and that sort of thing, right? But Jim Crow was actually a character that was made famous by a white person who wore blackface. And that was the stage character. He put his face in blackface, got up there, danced around, sang a song, made fun of black people. And so that's how Jim Crow came to be. And that became synonymous with a lot of white comedians' performances in which they played black people. Leah Thomas is the Jim Crow of this trans movement. That's right. He, William Thomas, puts on a one piece, calls himself Leah Thomas, and beats women in swimming. So that's right. And ESPN, despicable, they are participating in the modern equivalent of the minstrel show. The Minstrel Show with William Thomas. And I want to be clear. This is sexist. It's offensive. They're mocking women. That's how this should be looked at. That's how this should be discussed in the exact same terms. So here come the minstrel shows where women uh, get made fun of by men who dress up like them and claim to be them. It's really disturbing. I mean, think about it. You can change or choose your own gender, if you will, right, with this trans movement. And that's okay, and we support it and applaud it, and we elevate these people, but you can't change your skin tone. I mean, what, what, uh, honestly, what's wrong with blackface today? If you want to associate yourself as some black individual, what's the difference in that and William Thomas, who puts on a, a bikini and pretends to be a woman? This is the absurdity, this entertainment of this mentally ill aspect of society. No different. So William Thomas, Leah Thomas, that's the Jim Crow of the minstrel circuit. So congratulations, William. Uh, You have earned a spot in history. And in the future, all losers, all mentally ill individuals, Stealing awards and beating women at their own sports because they put on a skirt. Well, they'll be known as Leah Thomas. Leah Tom. Leah Thomas is synonymous with Jim Crow. What Jim Crow was to making fun of blacks, Leah Thomas is to making fun of women everywhere. I bestow that w- award upon you. All right. Now, moving on. Donald Trump. There has never been and never will be another politician like Donald Trump. There just won't be. He is a a once-in-a-generation talent, and that's exactly what he is. 
He gave his rally in Waco, Texas, and it was a remarkable appearance. It was outstanding. You had people waiting in line at 8 a.m. It was a huge crowd. The kind of crowd that no Democrat in America could attract. That's the truth. And the reason the Democrats are attacking Waco, and they have their talking points, I'll play some of that garbage in a little bit for you, but the real reason they're attacking Waco is because they're angry. It's a reminder of their failure. Donald Trump is still standing and still attracting crowds and still has a base that no Democrat politician has. Joe Biden doesn't know what it's like to be loved. No Democrat knows what it is to be loved. All they have to run on is they're not Republicans. Their entire flimsy facade of a movement is simply based upon this false notion that they're not as bad as Republicans. That's it. And there's no... There's no substance to anything they say. You'll hear it in the clips in a minute. I'll play Jen Psaki. It'll be the first and last time you probably will have heard her show. I predict in a year that show's gone. I might have said this last time, but you're either born with talent or you're not. She just doesn't have it. She doesn't have it. Also, it's particularly hard when your job is to lie. There's only so much you can do. There's almost only so much entertaining you can do when you're having to put together a false thing. I mean, I'm so successful here because I just have to tell the truth. I can do it eight different ways. So what we'll talk about is the reality of the Waco rally and then what the Democrats' false reality is. You see, see, the Democrats have never made an effort. They're incapable because they're so arrogant and they're so insecure that they cannot still understand Donald Trump. They don't understand who he is. They don't understand what he represents. They don't understand his connection, strong connection with his base of supporters. And that's their Achilles heel. They won't understand it. They refuse to understand it. So instead, they create these lies in their mind that they put out there to try and understand what's going on here. So Mr. Blow, Charles Blow, he wrote an opinion piece over at the New York Times. And the, the headline is, what did we learn from Trump's Waco rally? He's stuck in the past. Now, I will read some pull quotes from this, but this is the immense irony. And this is why more and more, I see this the, the, the opportunity we have in Trump in 2024, that he is the best candidate to, to, to get back in the White House and stave off some of this damage done to this country. 2020, you see, was an anomaly. 2020, because of the weaponization of COVID, to fundamentally alter the way we conducted elections with a mail-in ballots, that was a one-off. That was a one-off. 2024, in fact, is shaping up more and more to be like 2016. That's the reality. And while the Democrats say Trump is stuck in the past, it's they who are stuck in the past because they fail to understand the changes that are taking place in this country. 
they failed to acknowledge how they really won in 2020. And it was not free and fair. It was because they were prepared to to mount this ballot harvesting campaign to bend and frankly break the rules. There were plenty of illegal behaviors that took place throughout the country and they've been ruled in court cases since. Well, drop-off boxes in this state were illegal, but we used them anyway. Too bad, too late, that kind of thing. If we're prepared for that in 2024, they're in trouble. They're in trouble. And they don't have the excuse in 2024 of hiding Joe Biden away in the basement. That will be the strategy they conduct, but they can't use that as an excuse anymore. Joe Biden's not popular. And I I saw something funny, Captain. I saw an article with a headline that Joe Biden is upset with Vice President Kamala Harris's performance. He's underwhelmed by her performance. Has he read the headlines about what Americans think of his performance? But I'll read a couple of pull quotes from this, and then I'll talk about what really happened in the speech. I've got some great clips to play of Donald Trump as well. They just really zero in on why he's the phenomenon that he is. So Mr. Blowhard writes, This speech, like so many of his speeches, was a mix of lies, hyperbole, superlatives, invectives, doomsaying, puerile humor, and callbacks to old grievances, messaging that operates on multiple levels. Has this guy ever heard a speech by Joe Biden? A mix of lies, hyperbole, superlatives, invectives, doomsaying, callbacks to old grievances? Here's another one. Trump is still exaggerating old accomplishments, relitigating a lost election and marking enemies for retribution. He's stuck in a rut. He has an obsession with enemies, personal, real, or perceived. The Democrats have no accomplishments. Joe Biden has zero accomplishments. And their only campaign strategy is to continue to litigate or try to get these grand juries to indict Trump and so on and so forth. And by the way, Donald Trump hilariously came out and suggested that I think he was on Trump Force One. And it might have been the Daily Mail that was on the plane with him. But he said that (laughs) two weeks after he said he was going to get arrested on Tuesday, now he's saying... Uh, word on the street is uh, Bragg, D.A. Bragg in Manhattan there is going to drop the case. I mean, he is playing and toying with these people like nobody can believe. And it, it, it is incredible. They just don't know what to do. And I will tell you right now, the Democrats are scrambling to figure out how to make this grand jury case go away. They don't have the votes. And to show you the progress or to highlight the progress we've made on our side in terms of actually competing with the left, and learning how to deal with him and defeat them. James O'Keefe, who started his, his new O'Keefe media group after he was sabotaged and kicked out of his own group previously, uh, well, he just put out a little blurb and said he suggested that he has people on the inside of the grand jury. Now, whether he does or not, he may very well. I don't know that he does, but... The threat alone, the suggestion alone is so intimidating and so lethal to the Democrat Party 
because James O'Keefe has become such a success, has really put them on their heels all the time and exposed them. And and I guarantee you they are they are freaking out too. I mean, they are probably conducting the kind of investigation behind the scenes into the grand jury to see if O'Keefe's claims are correct. The kind of the kind of research and the kind of investigations that they never did when it came to the Supreme Court leak of uh, the Roe v. Wade overturning that. Or, for example, the pipe bomber, right? The infamous pipe, pipe bomber that nobody can find from, from January 6th. But, uh, you know, I will say uh, Mr. Blowhard here at the New York Times, he does say, I mean, look, I mean, I've heard this everywhere across the board. The, the Democrats understand that they don't... All of these lawsuits, all of the grand jury impaneling and so on and so forth, they're just hoping to get him bogged down in these legal issues. That's it. They've admitted it time and time again. But Blowhard says Trump had a moment. He won an election, even if it came with Russian connections and James Comey's badge. Do you realize the Democrats still... They are still lying about what happened in 2016. And this is why I think that Trump really will rout the Democrats in 2024 if he's the nominee. It's the same thing. The underestimating of Trump. The underestimating of us. He, I mean, in, in parentheses, he won an election and Blowhard has to write, even if it came with Russian connections, suggesting that Trump-Russia collusion somehow is real. That we stole the... Do you realize what losers these people are? James Comey's badge. James Comey exonerated Hillary Clinton, but they still want to try and point to that as the moment that threw the election to Donald Trump. They just cannot accept that Hillary Clinton was beaten fair and square. They cannot accept those election results still. Meanwhile, they talk about how dangerous Trump is for rehashing what happened in 2020. And, it, and you have Blowhard here talking about how Trump-Russia collusion, which was a, an invention of the Hillary Clinton campaign, the Democratic Party, and the deep state. So I love this. Let them underestimate Trump. Let them do it. After Trump's speech, Blowhard writes, I went back to listen to his first speech after announcing his candidacy in 2015. The tone and themes were strikingly similar. He hasn't grown much personally or politically since then. He's more sure of himself and more vulgar, but narcissism is still his engine. They've been calling him a narcissist since the very beginning, but I think this is great. He listened to his speech in 2015 when he announced his candidacy, and, and Blowhard is saying the tone and themes are strikingly similar. You're exactly right, Mr. Blowhard. The, the, the themes are exactly the same because we're fighting against the same behemoth, the same corrupt machine in Washington, D.C. that put him in the White House in the first place in 2016, except those issues are even more overt and obvious to the American people today. And they are more meaningful and impactful. And this is going to be their downfall. Let them do this all day long. So that's all this is about. All this is about. Waco was a reminder to them that they were unable to sever the bond between Trump and his base. Waco was a reminder that Trump is not hiding He's not impacted emotionally or mentally by these attacks in the grand jury. They cannot slay the dragon. 
And that has them outraged because they're so arrogant. We've talked about it a hundred times. They wanted to Watergate Trump and it didn't happen. And they can't understand why, because Trump is a different political machine. He's somebody who doesn't act and use the old tried and true losing Republican playbook of the past, which says that you apologize when the left attacks you. You accept their premises. You bow out of races when they come after you. That's not what Trump does. Trump rewrote the Republican playbook, which is a successful one. He understands the rules that we're talking about here day in and day out, that you do not apologize to the left, that you are superior to the left, and nothing they can do is going to bring you down. He is totally devoted to winning. He's totally devoted to the American people and improving this country. And his message is not one of hopelessness. It is not one of destruction like the left is projecting and claiming. It's they who have the destructive, negative message all the time. It's they who attack America and say, get used to this life of poverty because this is as good as it gets because of capitalism and so on and so forth. No, Trump is coming in and he's got the message of hope saying things can be great again. In fact, MAGA is what? Make America great again. And that's controversial to the Democrats because they don't want to make America great ever They're trying to tear down America and destroy it. And so MAGA is clean. It's clear. It's crisp. The American people understand MAGA, make America great again. And the Democrats, they have a hard time competing with that. What's their message? Build back better? Build back better compared to make America great again? And a lot of people are saying, you know, with DeSantis, I'll make the correlation here, but he's like a tribute band to Trump. That, that's one of the talking points out there. I, it's true in some aspect. And again, look, we, 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 I don't want to be misinterpreted here. I've said I, I, I think that, that he's been a great governor. But I've got a couple stories to go through here. Apparently, DeSantis donors are recommending that DeSantis sit this one out. And this is why I have no problem at all with Trump's attacks. You know why? Because... The attacks that are coming from Trump are nothing compared to the attacks that would come for DeSantis from the left if he got the nomination. And that's why I say we need this brutal primary system. We need these attacks because DeSantis is showing chinks in the armor. And we have to talk about national election, a national election here. It's not about winning Florida. It's not about winning one state. It's about a national election. And that's a very different thing to talk about when DeSantis, the the reality is Trump has won a national election. He won in 2016. So we know that Trump can win a national election. Can DeSantis win a national election? We don't know. Polling indicates that Trump is killing him in the polls. Now, you'll hear some people out there say, well, these are, these are, you know, Trump polls. They're cherry picking data. Other polls show that DeSantis is doing better than Trump in certain places. DeSantis doesn't have the national base that Trump does. It's built in. And the reality is, no matter what our disagreements are today about Trump and DeSantis, especially with a lot of people who seem to be only DeSantis, really pushing him hard, really wanting to do away with Trump. At the end of the day, they're going to vote in support for Trump in 2024 anyway. 
So it's really not that big a deal. And I do want to give you some perspective about this perceived ugliness of Donald Trump and DeSantis in this feud. Back in 2000, do you remember John McCain was trying to best George W. Bush for that nominee, for that nomination? 2000. People forget this. John McCain accused George Bush of being behind these push polls. Now, I I, I just got to rehash this. This is crazy. This is crazy. So a push poll is really not a poll. It's 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 a poll. It's it's something disguised as, as a poll to really put out negative information, right? So a pollster will call you and they'll say, "Well, in the case this is what happened uh, to McCain, potential voters in 2000, somebody would call, and you pick up the phone, and it's a pollster. Now, allegedly, they're conducting a poll. They'll say, "Are you more or less likely to vote for John McCain?" Knowing that he fathered a illegitimate black child. Now, John McCain had adopted with Cindy McCain uh, a black child from, I forget which country, but they adopted a child. But, but this was an actual push poll that happened. I mean, th- is, is that not dirty? Hey, are you more or less likely to vote for John McCain if I were to tell you that John McCain has an illegitimate black child? This is what was happening. And McCain said, you know, said Bush was behind it. Bush, of course, denied it. But these are the kinds of dirty games that took place. McCain did the same thing uh, with George W. Bush talking about trying to basically mobilize Catholic voters against uh, George Bush. So this isn't new. This is not new. I mean, this is the problem. When you just listen to the media and you don't use your own brain and research, they formulate this non-reality, and we can't allow them to do that. All right, go ahead and queue up uh, cut, cut one, Captain. I just want to go through a series of, of kind of the highlights of Trump's speech here, and, and just to point out why he's so good. Uh, here's cut one. Go ahead, Captain, go. sign a new executive order to cut federal funding for any school pushing critical race theory, transgender insanity, and other racial, sexual, or political content on our children. I will fight for parents' rights, including universal school choice and the direct election of school principals by the parents. If any principal is not getting the job done, the parents should be able to vote to fire and select someone else who will get the job done. We will defeat the cult of gender ideology to reassert that God created two genders, male and female. Thank you. So, he's just... He's brazen. And every American should speak that way. I, I opened the show talking about the insanity that is this trans movement, stealing awards, robbing women of achievements. And 
somehow there are still Americans who are afraid to say exactly what I said in the opening segment. But Donald Trump's not afraid to say it. And he's speaking for tens of millions of Americans. Whereas so many other gutless, feckless leaders, they won't come out and say that because they're playing to the media. They're trying to appease CNN and MSNBC and stave off attacks. And truth is our greatest weapon right now. It's truth. It's not trying to be Democrats light. That's not going to get us anywhere. It is showing the American people the starkest contrast possible to the insanity that is the Democratic Party. Nobody wants to vote. I mean, the reality is that going into 2024, it's always about voter turnout. I think that's obvious. The more people who turn out to vote for a candidate, well, that candidate's going to win. And the Democrats don't have any enthusiasm around Joe Biden. And they don't have any, the fact that they are going to run Joe Biden for a second term, it's not because Joe Biden's good. It's because their field is so shallow that Joe Biden is still the most promising candidate they have. That's how bad the Democrats are. And nobody's voting for Joe Biden because they support Joe Biden. The only reason anybody is going to vote for Joe Biden is because they believe the false narrative that Donald Trump is evil, that he's Hitler. That's it. The reality is that more people are going to be driven to the polls to vote for change, to support something specific. And Donald Trump has also mastered the simplification of the campaign message. Go ahead and play cut two, Captain. This is central. This is key. And this resonates with the American people. And the Democrats cannot rebut this. Go ahead and play it, Captain. Go. The rule of law is a tremendous threat to Western civilization. And I say, I was asked the other day, and I took a little heat for it. They said, who's our biggest threat? Is it China, sir? Is it Russia? They said, no, our biggest threat are high-level politicians that work in the United States government, like Mitch McConnell, Nancy Pelosi, Schumer, Biden, Justice Department. But there's such poison in our country. I can do things with China. I made the greatest trade deal in history with China. I don't even talk about it because sometime after that, fairly shortly, what happened with COVID is I don't want to talk about a trade deal. So there he is. I mean, who's the biggest threat to America? Is it China? No. It's politicians, rhinos and Democrats, who are intentionally gutting the United States of America. He's exactly right. The threat is from within. And I heard some weird feedback, at least when that clip was playing. Hopefully it was clear to you guys. I apologize if it was unclear. All right, and queue up, queue up one more, Captain. Queue up, cut, uh, cut three. Here he is again. And this is a message that resonates not just with Republicans or conservatives, but with rational-minded Americans in this country. They understand the quote-unquote uniparty. And Donald Trump has no problem going after Mitch McConnell and these people. The Democrats don't do that. They don't attack any of their own. 
Donald Trump connects in a way that nobody else does. Democrats are thoroughly dishonest. And go ahead, go ahead and play cut through three captain. This is this is this is this is this is hit Trump. This is the campaign message right here. I mean, it is a simple black and white decision going into 2024. And this is the one that he presents. Go ahead, Captain. Go. The stakes of this election could not be more clear. Either we surrender to the demonic forces abolishing and demolishing and happily doing so our country, or we defeat them in a landslide on November 5th, 2024. Either the deep state destroys America or we destroy the deep state. That's the way it's got to be. We're at a very pivotal point in our country. There it is. That is really what 2024 is all about. And frankly, that's what it's all about in many elections going forward. Either the deep deep state destroys America or we destroy the deep state. That's the fundamental choice. Now, again, I don't love all the attacks against DeSantis. The media is trying to blow up on the left, of course. Uh, There was apparently was met with some silence in the audience when he went after DeSantis at some point in his speech. It really didn't impact things. That's fine. But let me point a couple things out. So NBC has reported that DeSantis donors are reportedly recommending DeSantis sit this one out. So apparently, uh, DeSantis's donors and supporters, they're beginning to question if the potential 2024 Republican presidential candidate should run in the next election cycle. According to a report from NBC News, donors and supporters are having second thoughts on the prospect of the governor's potential presidential bid. Per the report, one main issue seems to be the governor's ability to take Trump, who has been criticizing the governor for months, head on. Yeah. And and he's made a few, he's made missteps lately. I mean, even people in the DeSantis camp can understand that. And it, I, I think part of the problem on our side is that people want to emulate Trump in some way. And you can't do it. Trump, Trump, that's authentic. That's what's so unique, too. Trump is himself. You know exactly what you're getting. And that's why people also trust him on our side. And I, I know there, there are naysayers out there who will say, oh, he didn't deliver on the wall and so on and so forth. I think there are fair criticisms out there. And I think there are absolutely absurd criticisms. I think that I think that Donald Trump's biggest flaw still is COVID. That that that's really the thing that's going to hurt him. I mean, uh, I mean, if I was DeSantis and I wanted to take Trump out, that's where I would go. That's where I would go. Um, but. I mean, I, I, I'm willing to forgive certain things. I think that Trump has learned certain lessons. I, I just think that there has to be you, you you can't approach this scenario and politics and so on and so forth with some purist approach. 
Because politics is the least pure game on the planet. And so, for example, yeah, you can sit here and say, oh, well, why did he listen to Fauci and so on and so forth? I mean, he's come out and verbally destroyed Fauci since then. I I think one of the arguments people say about DeSantis is, oh, he would have definitely fired Fauci if he'd been president. Really? Well, why'd he shut down in the beginning? He was one of the first governors to lift mandates for sure, but he was listening to the same advice early on. I I think this revisionist history that's going on is absurd. And, you know, they're, they're just, nobody's perfect, I guess. And nobody needs to be looked at as a saint. DeSantis, I saw a story just the other day, Captain, yesterday, the day before. Apparently, him, he's been championing and claiming publicly, of course, that he reduced, took away Disney World's tax-exempt status or whatever. You know, they had this special privilege as their own, basically fiefdom there in Florida. And he's been saying, I really got him. Well, it turns out that in the bill, it's not really as detrimental to Disney, the company, as he he has claimed. So I, I, I'm just saying there's a lot of things you can look at. There are a lot of... I, it's politics. It's politics. I don't know. And I just, I just, we need somebody who's vicious to save this country. And I think that if you're yearning or pining for some former day in which you could just all get along with the Democrats, you're, you're just, you're naive. You're naive. I mean, look at how the Democrats are treating Trump. Play, play, Play cuts, cue up cut five, Captain. So I, I want to play a clip from Jin Saki's unwatchable show. It should be called Unwatchable with Jin Saki. That, that's how bad this show is. But she, this is her talking about Trump's Waco speech. And she gets into a little bit of the grand jury baloney going on in Manhattan still. Go ahead and play that cut, Captain. As his legal problems continue to mount, Donald Trump held the first major rally of his 2024 campaign last night. In many ways, it was a typical Trump speech, maybe with a little less energy, with lots of self-promotion, flat-out lies, and the usual dose of red meat for his base. What did stand out to me, though, was Trump's embrace of the insurrection. The rally opened with a song recorded by a group of January 6th defendants, while a video from that violent attack played on the screens behind the former president. Trump also doubled down on his attacks on law enforcement, attacks that have become sharper, more aggressive, and far more dangerous over the past week. It's the latest in Trump's efforts to target the Manhattan District Attorney, Alvin Bragg, who's reportedly on the verge of indicting the former president. Among other things, Trump has warned Bragg of potential death and destruction if he's criminally charged. He embraced an anti-Semitic trope while calling Bragg an animal, and he claimed Bragg was doing the work of anarchists and the devil. The American experiment has survived for nearly two and a half centuries because we hold our leaders accountable when warranted, and not just through elections every couple of years, but under the law as well. By pushing the outer limits of what he can say and do without consequences, Donald Trump is putting this country through a stress test. 
He's betting he can game the judicial system using fear, lies, and intimidation. That's why this moment is so unprecedented in our country's history. Not just the potential indictment of a former president or potential indictments, or even not just because of a Republican Party that's become an extension of Trump's legal team. We need to pay close attention because a functioning judicial system that holds people accountable is not just the bedrock of the United States, it's the bedrock of a functioning democracy. Now, of course, I'm so sick of this. This is complete gaslighting, complete propaganda. It's the Democrats who are putting this nation through a stress test. They're the ones who engaged in a literal coup attempt to oust a duly elected President Trump starting in 2016. That's what Trump-Russia collusion was. They impeached him over quid pro quo, which was not only not illegal, but what they said happened didn't even take place. And then they tried to pin the quote-unquote insurrection on Donald Trump as well. Go and make your voices you know, peacefully heard. And the media left that line out. They, they totally lied about this narrative. And she talks about how, you know, he's intimidating, he's full of lies, and that, you know, he's not respecting the judicial process and so on and so forth. The Democrats are abusing the judicial process. It's Alvin Bragg who withheld nearly 600 pages of exculpatory evidence from the grand jury that would convince them that Trump didn't do anything wrong. It's Alvin Bragg who should be disbarred. And what we need to do now, Alvin Bragg and this DA case, now I'll say it again, the Democrats are scrambling. They're trying to figure out a way out of this. They're trying to figure out a way to get out of this without humiliating themselves and handing Donald Trump a victory. Because this case was always weak. Because it's a fabrication. And even if it made it out of this grand jury, it's not going to result in any criminality down the road in another, another jury setting. But what we need to find out is who gave Alvin Bragg the order to pursue this case. This case wasn't going to be pursued under Cyrus Vance, the former DA. Alvin Bragg himself, once he was elected, became DA, wasn't pursuing this case. And Donald Trump announced his candidacy for president. And the Democrats, suddenly, you have Alvin Bragg putting this grand jury together and trying to, trying to get Trump on this indictment. So the question is, what did the Biden administration know? When did they know it? What was the communication between Alvin Bragg and the Biden administration? What was the impetus for Alvin Bragg to suddenly change his mind and open up this case, which everyone had previously admitted wasn't going to go anywhere because it was so flimsy? It was so impossible. These are the questions that need to be answered. Uh... Let's see here. Do do do. Okay. All right. One more thing here. I, I I think you know some people were spinning this story. The headlines: Trump campaign blackballs DeSantis staffers. I wanted to get to this story because it's actually brilliant. I I I just 
I look at this as somebody who wants to win, and I understand strategy. And I look at things like this, and some people are turned off, and I say, this is genius. So former President Donald Trump's presidential campaign is blackballing anyone who works for Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. Genius. One, he should have loyalists to him to avoid the repeat of 2016 where he had a bunch of people who stabbed him in the back. But secondarily, if you want to get the presidential nomination, it is a popularity contest. Well, guess what? He's, he's creating problems in the DeSantis camp. If it looks like Trump's going to be the victor and people want to work in the Trump administration, which they do because it's all about hierarchy and power and people working. Look, there's a lot of ego out there. Well, these people just got the message loud and clear. If you work for DeSantis, forget it. You're not working for me. And this is the kind of political instincts that come from a ruthless business person or whatever else that are going to go a long way towards protecting America and defeating the Democrats. All right. So I, I, I wanted to play this clip earlier, Captain. Get, get cut six ready. So before I do the William Thomas clip, there's another hilarious story just to have some fun. And a, a, a transgender woman, and by transgender woman, I mean a man. This is, this is the headline. Trans woman left sobbing in JFK airport after TSA agent hit her testicles. <laughs> so... So I don't think this actually happened. Uh, this this man pulled down the video since then, but a transgender woman, aka man, was left in tears at JFK Airport after she claimed a TSA agent punched her in the testicles while going through security. <laughs> I mean, I saw I saw something where a hundred Babylon B stories have actually come true. This is the world we're living in. You've got a story about a man complaining about how, I mean, a, a, a trans woman complaining about getting hit in the testicles. <laughs> well, we're, this is the minstrel show that took place at JFK. Another man dressed as a woman hiding his testicles. How humiliating. Okay, so William Thomas... This is his persona, Leah Thomas, right? In the minstrel show. I want you to hear William Thomas. This is William Thomas. This is last year after he beat a bunch of women in one of the swim competitions. He was interviewed. And I got to say, there's no effort made to really impersonate a woman. I mean, this is really bad. Really bad. You'd think he'd, he'd give a higher pitched voice or something else. I mean, Leah Thomas, this stage personality of William Thomas when he plays a woman. It's the worst acting ever. So lazy. William Thomas literally just puts on a female bikini and that's his whole act. That's what's so sad. He doesn't stuff his, his you know, shirt with breasts, you know, at least some paper, some things like that. I mean, nothing at all. But I want you to hear William Thomas, who ESPN is celebrating during Women's History Month as being a woman and a success story. Listen to William Thomas talk. Play cut six. Go. 
Leah, how did that performance measure up to your expectations coming into this meet tonight? I, I didn't have a whole lot of expectations for this meet. I was just happy to be here trying to race and compete as best as I could. You've undoubtedly been under the spotlight over the past few months. How have you been dealing with that and reasoning with everything? I try to ignore it as much as I can. I try to focus on my swimming, uh, what I need to do to get ready for my races, and just try to block out everything else. This act needs to end. I, 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 I'm done with it. It's not funny. It's demeaning. It's sexist. It's humiliating. And I'm not entertaining it. That's why I will not refer to him as Leah Thomas. Leah Thomas is his Jim Crow stage name, but that's William Thomas, a man. And that reporter sits there and entertains the notion that he is somehow a woman. This is an assault on women's rights. Plain and simple. That's what this represents. And if you can put on a skirt and claim to be a woman, then you should be able to put on blackface and claim to be a man. That's how identical these situations are. And the idea that somehow we're entertaining this as healthy, as true, I don't think so. I don't think so. Unreal. All right. You might have heard in the news, TikTok, right? They're under fire again. They're owned by uh, ByteDance, which is a, a, a communist Chinese company. And we've known that ByteDance has been collecting information on Americans, that they are spying on Americans. They're gathering data And the Chinese, of course, are open, avowed enemies of ours for a long time. Uh, A story from The Guardian back in December 2022, TikTok admits using its app to spy on reporters in effort to track leaks. I want to make two points about TikTok. Well, maybe three. The first is, it is really a strong telling example of how pathetic the United States of America is and how lost our younger generations are that because young people like the app and use the app, the threat that it poses in terms of China gathering data is negated. It doesn't matter. My point is that we know the Chinese are using this, weaponizing it, in data collection against the American people. But because Zoomers like to use TikTok, we can't go there. We have to make sure they have their TikTok, even if it's a national security risk and threat to America. And one of the things TikTok got caught doing is that it used its app to spy on reporters as part of an attempt to track down the journalist's sources. That said... That said, what China's doing in terms of using TikTok to gather data and spy on Americans, our own government's been doing for years as well. So really, the only difference between what TikTok's doing and ByteDance, the communist Chinese parent company, is that it's going to China. The Chinese are able to use it. We've been spied on by our own government, and especially the Democratic Party, for a long time. 
So this is the broader conversation that needs to take place. Yes, it's a pro- it's problematic that China's gathering data via TikTok, but the U.S. has these quote-unquote fusion centers set up all across the country. Have you heard of these fusion centers? I'll read you the definition from the Department of Homeland Security because they're the ones who operate them. Fusion centers are state-owned and operated centers that serve as focal points in states and major urban areas for the receipt, analysis, gathering, and sharing of threat-related information between state, local, tribal, and territorial, federal, and private sector partners. So again, public-private partnerships. This is fascism, by the way. So this is an example of something that took place in the state of Maine with one of these fusion centers. George Loader, who was employed by the police department, he claimed that his state police supervisors removed him from a federal task force and then denied him another detective job because he resisted orders to share information about his task force work with the main information and analysis center. He also voiced concern that the unit, part of a nationwide network of so-called fusion centers, retained information about lawful activity in violation of federal law. He specifically claimed that the center unlawfully gathered and maintained information about people who protested Central Maine Power's controversial transmission pipeline, people who applied to to buy firearms, and counselors who worked at the Seeds of Peace summer camp. So basically, if you're one of these people who the left doesn't like, right, people who like guns, who exercise their Second Amendment, People who work at, you know, if, if you were a, a pro-life advocate, for example, well, they were collecting your data because you were a threat? No. And this is the problem. You have this administration and the FBI targeting Americans, calling pro-life protesters, domestic terrorists, calling all MAGA people. I guarantee you they're collecting data on me. I can guarantee it. They have it. And this is the real problem. This is happening in America. So... Should we ban TikTok? Yeah, it should be a no-brainer. But what about Facebook, Twitter? What about all these other resources? What about all these other platforms that Americans have used for a long time that we know that the FBI has been granted access to? We've heard about how they went to Twitter and had a cozy relationship in which they could tell Twitter higher-ups to ban certain accounts. So... They've been gathering information on us themselves. So, yes, is TikTok a threat? Is the CCP a threat? Yes, but again, it goes back to the point is who's the greatest threat to America? The CCP is no more dangerous to us than the deep state, the Democratic Party, and these people who are trying to subvert the will of the American people and rule over us. So a little bit more about how these things work. Fusion centers have repeatedly sparked concerns about the threat they pose to civil liberties. Those concerns extend across the entire country since the main information and analysis center is only one of many such operations under the umbrella of the Department of Homeland Security. And, you know, look, I mean, you've got all these left-wing groups uh, that, that are warning as well about this, these, these, these think tanks as well. I mean... In 2012, the U.S. Senate Homeland Security and Government, Governmental Affairs Permanent Subcommittee on Investigations could identify no reporting which uncovered a terrorist threat 
nor could it identify a contribution such Fusion Center reporting made to disrupt an active terrorist plot. So the point is, under the guise of disrupting terrorist threats, they are weaponizing the Department of Homeland Security and all these agencies against the American people when there's no actual threat. I mean, think about this. Under the guise of preventing a terrorist threat, these are operating, gathering information, and yet they can't identify a single instance in which they actually uncovered a terrorist threat. So why are they gathering all this information? What are the, what are the re, what's the real justification for this? And of course, much of this goes all the way back to 9-11, the greatest abuse of power in modern American history that was granted based on those terror attacks. And this is really where the surveillance state was born. And the Democrats and many rhinos in this country are pursuing the same avenue. They want the same end goal that the CCP has already established in communist China with their surveillance state, social credit scores, and so on and so forth. Go ahead and play queue up cut, uh, cut seven, Captain. I want you to hear AOC. Now, here's the other takeaway from the TikTok hearings going on. You are witnessing in real time how money corrupts politics and influences. You are witnessing the lobby world at work. TikTok is a threat to American citizens and our data. The parent company has given money to the Hispanic caucus. Let me actually find the exact. I'm still here. Hang tight. All right. So I want to. Well. It's okay. All right. So I'm going to play AOC in a second. But I want to remind you that AOC and many of these people that are now lobbying on behalf of TikTok, saying that we can't ban it, we shouldn't ban it, they're the same people who celebrated when Parler was taken offline. Right? When they came under attack because they didn't meet XYZ, um, they were removed from app stores. Right? Parler, for example, was the free speech platform that was invented, created because Twitter and these left-wing social media platforms that were all owned by leftists, well, they were conservative. So we didn't have a platform. So Parler was born and Apple, Google, the, the, both the, the people who put the app, made the app available to download and also those providing the servers well, they booted Parler offline, and that was celebrated. That was celebrated. So I want to just remind you that these people are colossal, epic hypocrites and liars. They celebrated the removal of Parler because it gave conservatives a platform. But now TikTok, which we know is a threat to national security, well, AOC's defending that. Go ahead and play Cut 7, Captain. Go. Hey everyone, this is Rep AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, and this is my first TikTok. Now, this is not only my first TikTok, but it is a TikTok about TikTok. 
Now this week, the CEO of TikTok came and testified before Congress as there is growing rumblings and discussion over a nationwide ban on the app. Do I believe TikTok should be banned? No. Why should TikTok not be banned? First of all, I think it's important to discuss how unprecedented of a move this would be. The United States has never before banned a social media company from existence, from operating in our borders. And this is an app that has over 150 million Americans on it. Some of the arguments about banning TikTok have come in with respect to uh, discussions around Chinese surveillance and utilization of, of data that is tracked and the enormous amount of tracking uh, on US citizens that, and data that is harvested by TikTok. And they say, because of this egregious amount of data harvesting, we should ban this app. However, that doesn't really address the core of the issue, which is the fact that major social media companies are allowed to collect troves of deeply personal data about you that you don't know about without. Okay, so there you have AOC defending TikTok. I would point out that she says it's unprecedented. So suddenly something that's unprecedented is a problem. You know what's unprecedented in this country? It's these attacks against Trump. It's unprecedented. This DA case out of Manhattan that is phony and flimsy and not based on anything. That's unprecedented. But when when it's unprecedented and it's targeting conservatives or Trump or MAGA, it's a great thing. But now we have an unprecedented situation, which is intended to protect Americans. And that's a problem. And this bite dance gave $150,000 to the Congressional Hispanic Caucus Foundation in December. And now you have AOC doing the bidding of the CCP. She is bought and paid for by ByteDance because they gave them money. And now AOC, who's not an intelligent person at all, is now repeating CCP regurgitating talking points. That's what's happening in real time. That's right. The sheep. So I do want to play... this exchange real quick between Chuck Todd and Joe Tacopina. Joe is the lawyer representing Trump in this Manhattan DA garbage case. But I want you to hear Chuck Todd and the Demo- and the Democrats here. This is their whole point. They know there's no case here, but they don't care. I just want you to hear this. I might cut it off early, Captain, but go ahead and play this exchange between Chuck Todd and Joe. Right. It sounds like you have a defense ready to go, but everything you've described... It, you know, is probable. I mean, if you're a prosecutor, you know, you're making these claims. Great. Show us your proof of it. It seems like there's enough at dispute here that actually this belongs in a court of law to resolve this. Of course it doesn't belong in a court of law, Chuck. Listen, again, you can't bring a case, cobble two misdemeanors together to try and make a felony to meet the statute of limitations when not, not one misdemeanor exists. There is no crime here. There's not even a bad act, okay? Again, the tractor of Donald Trump. So do you hear how he leads in, Chuck Todd, Chuck U. Todd? We've made all these allegations, and because there's so many allegations we've made, this deserves to be in a court of law. Basically, they're saying it doesn't matter what the merits of the case are. We in the media have made such a stink about this. We have, we have brought so many false allegations that 
you should have a defense against this. Because we've accused you, that warrants this going to court. Just because we say so. Just because we're bringing false allegations. That's it for these people. They don't care about the truth. They don't care about the fact. And neither do a lot of their base. I mean, Joe Tech, I mean, I, I watched, I actually watched that on TV last night. Believe it or not, it was very painful. I watched the whole, uh, the whole show. And the guy spends 30 minutes. I mean, he's told the truth and he just can't stop pushing the same thing. Well, I, I don't know if you, I, I mean, think about this. It's like they're suggesting, well, okay, Joe, well, it sounds like you have a good defense. So why are you afraid to defend the, the defendant? It's like, oh, okay. If you're innocent, we should be able to prosecute you and you should prove that you're innocent. What are you scared about? That's not how it works. That's not how it works at all. That's, that, that's why it's the Department of Injustice. Now, I would be remiss if I didn't bring this up. Adam Kinzinger, the disgraced congressman who had his seat removed by the very Democrats whose buttocks he kissed when he betrayed the country and went along with a fake J6 committee. Well, it turns out that Adam Kinzinger is the biggest grifter in America. Adam Kinzinger is the Patrice Cullors of the Ukraine hoax. Patrice Cullors, remember, founded BLM, and she bought a bunch of multi-million dollar homes with all that money. Well, Adam Kinzinger, it turns out, serves on the board of a group in Ukraine that is now accused of not only stolen valor, they're under investigation for illegal exports. Kinzinger was on the board of the Ukraine organization that scammed people out of millions of dollars. Adam Kinzinger, Patrice Cullors of the Ukraine racketeering. And it's so amazing. This is a guy, Adam Kinzinger, who's such an epic disgrace. He has no judgment whatsoever. He's bamboozled all the time and good riddance to him. Good riddance to him. He has no judgment at all. He falls for hoaxes repeatedly. This guy, speaking of grifting, is somebody who, with the J6 report came out, he was selling them with his signature to make money for himself. This is a pathetic loser, a literal zero. But disgraced former Illinois Congressman Adam Kinzinger served on the board of Ripley's Heroes, the group that featured James Vasquez, an American man recently exposed as a stolen valor fraudster who touted he had taken out seven Russian tanks while fighting on behalf of Ukraine in 2022. Adam Kinzinger loves these frauds, and I don't know why he continues to uplift them and promote this misinformation and disinformation. Adam Kinzinger is a liar. He once believed and promoted the ghost of Kiev lie. It was alleged in a joke that went around Twitter that the ghost of Kiev was shooting down Russian planes in Ukrainian airspace. And it turned out that the ghost of Kiev did not exist and none of it had happened. But that didn't stop Adam Kinzinger from celebrating the ghost of Kiev and thanking the ghost of Kiev for his service. Now you have somebody else that, that Adam Kinzinger is backing named James Vasquez, who's a stolen valor individual, an individual who claimed that he took out seven Russian tanks. And it turns out that James Vasquez never fought. He's not fighting in the war. But that didn't stop Adam Kinzinger from celebrating this person. Adam Kinzinger is either a willing fraud and liar or else he is the dumbest, most naive fool in America.
So there you have him. The Patrice Colors of the Ukraine fraud racketeering ring. Adam Kinzinger, the disgraced congressman, former congressman, who was thanked by Democrats for betraying the country when they gerrymandered his seat out of existence. Bravo, Adam Kinzinger. You have no respect. You're the laughingstock of America. We're all laughing at you today, Kinzinger. You're the biggest loser in America. Congratulations. All right. Well, that's all we got for today, Captain. We'll be back, I think, tomorrow with you. Um, we'll wait. I mean, you know, it's it's early today. It's 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 Monday, so we'll see what happens. I mean, apparently, this uh, grand jury is going to meet again, and we'll see if this indictment's going to come or not. But um, I suspect this is going to flame out. And as soon as this flames out, mark my words, this failure is just going to go away like it didn't happen. And the Democrats are going to push the next grand jury hoax, which is going to be either what's happening in Georgia or it's going to be related to the special counsel that's been, you know, Jack Smith, who's still trying to prove that Donald Trump incited an insurrection on January 6th. So, all right, this is Drew Allen, your millennial minister of truth. God bless you all. And until next time. Talk to my friend Drew Allen. And I'll tell you what, he's a tough guy. A millennial conservative. I've, I've become a big fan of your writing. the great young thinkers of our time. Appreciate his opinion. Conservative Drew Allen. Has Drew Allen. I look to this guy for wisdom.